Greetings and welcome to the Audio Tidbits Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy the show. I thought it might be helpful to think some today about our personal space, and how that sometimes gets violated, and in turn how we sometimes violate the personal space of others. We have heard a lot in the news lately about how people, mostly men in positions of power and authority, intentionally or more often thoughtlessly violate the personal space of women. They appear to disregard the personal boundaries of others, and seem to behave as if they are entitled to unwanted liberties. When this type of behavior is overt and blatant, there is no reasonable excuse. The perpetrator knows he is behaving inappropriately but violates the personal space of others anyway. A more subtle issue comes up though when the violation is unintentional and based on the assumption that the intrusion into the personal space of others is both wanted and appreciated. The violator sees nothing wrong with his or her behavior. He or she behaves inappropriately but has no clue. I asked Gary to share his perspective on this important interpersonal issue. Let's take a few minutes to listen to what he had to say. I think we all probably know about physical personal space. It's as if we have a physical boundary around us, and we don't want people to come inside of that. We want other folks to stay outside of that unless they have our permission to come inside our boundary into our personal space. We also know that we need to respect that boundary with other people because they have a personal space as well. And we should only go into that personal space, go across the boundary with permission. What I'd like to share with you though is that the idea of personal space is more complex. There is also personal emotional space. And that's where we are, where our emotions are, where we maintain our feelings, our general demeanor, our general sense of well-being. And we don't want people to cross over that. How do people cross over it emotionally? They do that by being too pushy, excessively enthusiastic, by being unusually angry or annoyed, by being emotionally difficult, in terms of the emotions that they're projecting. We find that sometimes with salespeople or in other kinds of situations. People just seem to come at us. They kind of overwhelm us, if you will. And we don't like it. We're uncomfortable with it. The key then is to be careful not to do that to other people. To maintain a kind of a self-containment, a kind of calmness as we first interact with people, as we relate to them, and then measure how they respond as we become more emotional, as we become more emotionally expressive. That gives us the opportunity to adjust our emotional distance in a way that is comfortable for us, but more importantly, is comfortable for them. There is also what we might think of as a moral, spiritual value personal space. It's where our beliefs, our values, 
the things we think are right and wrong, good and bad, important and not important. It's where all of those things live. It's where they're down in our bones, down in our heart, if you will. And we don't want people to cross into that space without our permission. So unless you know someone pretty well, unless you've had prior experience with him or her, you don't want to push on their values. You don't want to judge their values. You don't want to question their belief system. You don't want to question their spiritual orientation. It's probably not even an area that is open for discussion until you appropriately establish an environment with the person where you can judge whether or not you have permission and how much permission you have. By the same token then, this personal space we all have has a social dimension. It's where we have relationships. It's where we interact with other people. And the same is true for everyone else. How do you cross that social boundary? Well, probably the best example of that are party crashers. They simply show up and start acting like they belong someplace where they don't. On a more limited kind of basis, you have conversation crashers. You're having a nice conversation with someone and a third person comes up and simply joins the conversation. They start talking, they start participating without any invitation to do so. And pretty soon, what we find is that we and the person we were talking with are simply listening. We've become kind of passive, we become non-participants. We are reacting or withdrawing from the conversation crasher. So one of the things we need to do then with other people is to be careful about the boundaries, the social boundaries, and to take it slow, to take it easy, to look and see what kind of social clues we are getting or aren't getting from other people before we crash into their social personal space. People also have a sexual personal space. I think we're well aware of that. In fact, most harassment has to do with crashing into, crashing over, crashing beyond the boundary of the personal space of other people, be that physically, emotionally, morally, socially, and especially sexually. We want to be very careful about who gets across the space, who we allow across the space, and by the same token, we need to be respectful of the social boundary, the sexual boundary, the emotional boundary, the moral boundary, and the physical boundary of other people. We begin to crash into the intellectual, personal boundary of other people when we start questioning their ideas, their thought process, the way they think, and generally their intellectual functioning. We don't want people crashing into our boundary unless we give them permission to do that, unless we somehow let them know that it's okay for them to be critical of our thinking, to be critical of our ideas. They need to show a certain amount of circumspection relative to that kind of thing until they have taken time to know us well enough to know whether or not they have permission to come past that boundary. We need in turn then to do the same thing with other people. So the only point is that personal space is complex. It's something that is not simple and is certainly not limited 
to physical distance. There are physical characteristics, emotional characteristics, moral value characteristics, social characteristics, sexual characteristics, and intellectual characteristics to our personal space and to the personal space of everyone else. So, what is the conclusion then? The conclusion is to respect the personal space of other people and insist that they respect your personal space as well. Thanks, Gary. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your perspective on this important issue. I think we can all benefit from giving some thought to our behavior and how we sometimes violate the personal space of others. Just as important is for us to be aware of those times when our personal space is being violated. Responsibly managing both sides of that coin is our responsibility, and as we all know, is the right thing to do.